gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be found on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chiefs Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just does it. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. If you've been to Williams-Brice Stadium, you know exactly what we are talking about. And we cannot thank Matt Vaughn and his team enough for what they do for us and certainly for everybody. Signs, 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 signs. If you own a business, if you are a coach and you need them on your field, uh, whatever it may be, if you need yard signs, if you're a realtor and you need signs made, whatever it is, they, they do it better than everybody. They wrap vehicles. They do everything. That's why Carolina uses them for literally everything. So signorama.com. They're in West Columbia. Make sure you talk to Matt and his team, and they can do anything for anybody in the state of South Carolina, no matter where you are. Served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, of course. It's uh, hump day. We're coming up on another weekend, so make sure you've got your bottle. If you don't know where to find one and you've downloaded our app, you just type in the chick or just click on the chicken cock challenge button. And when you do that, there will be another button that says find chicken cock. And it will tell you exactly where to find it, wherever you are. Type in the address or let it just read your location. And thanks to our friends at the barndominiumco.com for building homes in the Carolinas, Georgia, and in Tennessee. JC, JB, Phil, and soon Jordan Davis from Dogs 247, Carolina, Georgia, coming up 3.30 Saturday on CBS, and then at noon, we've got our friend Brad Crawford, also with 24-7. We'll talk about that game and many more across the country. You were raising your hand. Go ahead. Do you need a bathroom break? Yes, teacher. No, uh, it's Jordan Hill. Jordan Davis. Is Jordan yeah. Davis, but that's okay. It's an oh. honest mistake. Jordan Davis is that massive nose tackle they had two years ago before they, they had him and Jalen Carter on the D-line. Well, so, I'll tell you, well, let me tell you why I made that mistake. His Twitter account, by the way, is Jordan Davis Hill. Davis Hill, yeah. yeah. Jordan D. Hill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jordan, Jordan. I want to say this about Jordan. He comes, before he comes on, he does a great job at 24-7 sports covering the dogs, but also he organizes a uh, SEC power rankings with all the writers uh, that cover SEC teams every week. I'm a voter in it and uh he does a great job getting that organized for our entire network and you know just can't say enough he, this is the third he's been here this is his third appearance here 
on the show. So happy to happy to talk dogs with Jordan. Um, there's a lot of guys and gals that cover Georgia that are excellent at what they do, and Jordan is one of the best. So certainly glad of that. I want to show everybody this may be coming to market pretty soon. This bad boy right here. Okay. Oh, Look at that. Came in the mail yesterday. All right. So uh, that reminds everybody to download the Chief Sports app, please. Uh, you will not be sad if you do that. I'm not sad. I did it. And I'm part of this whole thing. I got on there today and read, put my email in. I was going to do the chicken cock challenge, even though I haven't, you know, I, my friends drink chicken cock, right? And so I had some pictures. And I noticed every picture I got the other day from the stadium that I put on our Instagram was already uploaded as part of the challenge. So I was like, yeah. I'm, I didn't want to replicate, but uh, a lot of fun stuff on the app. That's how I keep up with South Carolina high school football scores. Uh, that's, I was about to say, I check it every Friday. I'm on there yeah. a couple, three times just to see how things are going, man. That's it's, Yeah, you know. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful app, and uh, Jamie Bradford certainly deserves a lot of credit uh, for putting it together for us and and all that. So we uh, – and we're not done. I'm not – it's like Braveheart. I'm not finished. Not finished. <laughs> Before no. we let you leave, you know, but it's uh, – it's a uh, it's a heck of an app, and certainly uh, very very excited uh, about uh, the future of that, that particular product. But um, yeah, good uh, good day to talk some some ball, and uh, as we move forward to Saturday, you know, I think uh, the optimist in me kind of thinks, hey, Carolina, if certain things go their way, they can go down there and give them a game. Uh, if not, it'll be another slaughter. But uh, uh, the, the closer we get to the weekend, the more. I just got this funny feeling that, you know, there'll be some some good plays uh, for Carolina and, and some things people can be proud of uh, this weekend, win or lose. So we'll see what happens. Well, we'll start, we're, we're going to get into to, to some of that optimism in a little while in our uh, quickly spreading very, very um, – I don't even know what the what the word is. It's it's such a great segment. It's indescribable. Called agree or disagree that we're we've been doing every Wednesday. It's really taking the country by storm. Um, we've had the four letter network and others reach out, but um, we we've we've patented this thing, so they're going to have to pay pay us a bunch of money if they want to use it. Uh, so JC and uh, Phil will get there another crack at agree or disagree a little bit later on in the program, but that's later on. JC, we today is about about Mad Dog, and I'm not sure that anybody out there realizes what's going on. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody realizes what today is, September the 13th, every year, what it means for the the people who, let's just be honest, look like Mad Dog. Uh, it's a very important day in American society. Today is National Bald is Beautiful Day. And we want to make sure that we celebrate Mad Dog here <laughs> on our program until at least 1 o'clock. Because he is beautiful inside and out. Scars or no scars. But at the end of the day, it's always shiny on top. And uh, so Mad Dog, you and your brother Clark Lee, uh, you, you will be thinking about you all day. Enjoy yourself. A, a chicken cock bourbon, or maybe even some vodka, you know, some Dixie vodka and cranberry, something like that. But you deserve it. It's This is your day, and you're our guy. So we appreciate that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, nice, bald is beautiful day right in the middle of football season, too. So, yeah, that's great. What a good time to celebrate. <laughs> 
I've been so celebrating put, for years. Yeah, I was <laughs> Probably say, longer to, than most. <laughs> put this in your calendar and uh and and don't forget uh to to celebrate this every day moving forward. It's also National Peanut Day, just kind of an FYI, and I'm oh. a big fan of peanuts. So same boy. Yeah, I didn't realize those coincided. I got a jar of dry roasted uh I'm working on right now. Are you are you a, are you a roasted or a boiled guy? Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> you can't do that. That's not, come on, man. You got to be better. Roasted, be better. boiled. I do. I love boiled peanuts. I, mm. here, I typically get boiled peanuts um, in baseball games of all places. That's why I love to have boiled peanuts sure. at the stadium. Yeah. Uh, either that or just, you know, doing like a random jaunt around uh, the upcountry here through the summer. You can always find some quality boiled peanuts roadside. Uh, mm-hmm. But outside of that, I'm more of a you know dry roasted kind of guy. I do not get into the whole honey roasted and flavored or anything like yeah. that. The purist when it comes to that, I want it to just be salty. Just what? Just a, my, I want to taste peanuts and salt. <laughs> whatever, Jimmy Carter. Um, and, and I'm kidding, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'm I'm with Phil. Um, I I thought about I was like brainstorming about Carolina Rise yesterday, and I was like. All right, and this is a, a fleeting moment. I was like, "What if I bought a bull peanut wagon and drove around the state and hug out beside the road and said, hey, help the Gamecocks and buy some bull peanuts?'" Uh, my brother, who's a pilot, that's what he wants to do when he retires. Uh, Jason, be a bull peanut man. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna get to a bull peanut man, dude. Okay, cool. Uh, but uh, it's interesting because you know my my fiance loves bull peanuts. She's from Chicago. Uh, and you, you, you gotta just make them yourself up here. Your SOL, if you're looking for them anywhere. So we made them one day. It took seven hours. Yeah. And it was just salt and water. And that's it. That's it. That's it. it. Gotta cook them. Gotta soak those bad boys. Absolutely. They were really delicious. So the best bull peanut, um, the best bull peanut, whatever you want to call them, cooks, chefs, however you want to call that in, in the South. And my aunt happens to be one of them, but, um, you know, all the roadsides and, you know, all, all those guys who've been doing it forever. If you ask them, what's the, what's the ticket, they'll say exactly what you just said. Well, salt and water. And then the, the, everybody has the same follow-up question, but yeah, but how long do you do it? And, and again, all the best ones have done all the best ones who, who literally know how to boil good peanuts. Their response is the same. Every time till they're done. Till they're ready. Till they're done. <laughs> and like, like most foods, there's beauty and simplicity too. So there's literally water and salt. You know, that's all you that's need. It. There's no butter. Done. Like, there's yeah, no butter know. or nothing like that. No, no just water and salt. Now my aunt like she she likes the the old crop, but you know, a lot of people like the new crop peanuts. Either way, I'll I'll eat them, but they got to be salty. Like it, you can screw it up real quick. You don't have enough salt in there. And, and it's, you know, yeah, it's such a simple thing that you can mess up profusely. I mean, it's yeah. it's because I tried to make some one time before I had this lovely lady in my wife, my life that uh, you know helps me do simple things that normal people do in their sleep. Uh, you know, I, I messed it up bad, and it was like they were just they were kind of dryish, and I, I ran out of bold it too, bold it too high, too long. I don't know. But that, that last batch we made was good. Craig said he made Cajun and regular last weekend. So there All you right. go. 
There you go, Craiger. There you go, Craiger. And this is one of my favorite usernames ever in the chat box. I don't know where this, what the origins are of this, but Pimp on a Blimp 89. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't think we've seen this cat before. But Pimp on like a Blimp. He, he, pick, he picks peanuts. He said he's been picking them all week. He yeah. said patience is key. It is That's true. That's true. You got to have patience. Look at that dog in his profile picture. Too. Well, yeah. welcome in, Pimp on a Blimp. Oh, we I like we appreciate you. I, I like that. that. I like that old dog there. That's a, like a happy dog. <laughs> but uh, Cocky just says his wife makes the best pulled peanuts and all that good stuff. Actually, Jackson brings up a point about the game. He goes, do you think if we were to pull the upset, Spencer had a good game, he'd be in the Heisman conversation? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah he that, would be. I mean, and yeah, it would be. That would, that would If he has a good game, Carolina wins, that would be a catapult him in, in the heavy mix, I think. Yeah, but, well – there's no doubt, and 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 I'll be and and to to even drive that point home even even more. They they don't have a prayer at pulling the upset, and not not unless he has not a good game, but maybe the best game of any quarterback in college football this year. Like he he has to go out and do something that is just absolutely mind blowing, and and he's capable of that. We know that. Um, so if he does that, you take down number one inside their own ballpark. JC, to your point, Phil, to your point. Uh, not to mention the numbers he's already put up where he is in college football right now, throwing it. Uh, it, it those numbers would only skyrocket. Carolina would be inside the top 25 with that win. And, um, and, and there's, I, I don't know if he would be at the very top, but he'd be, he'd be pretty darn close. He, he'd be not That'd only be in the conversation, narrative. he'd be a leader. He'd be a leader. Yeah. 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 Cause it'd be, cause then you're going to start getting the, Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler talk, which is going to take the media by storm, right? It was like, here they are, two guys who used to be at Oklahoma. One of them, you know, they've both transferred to schools on opposite ends of the country, and here they find themselves right back one-two yeah. again. And they're well, going to eat that up. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, this is anything to stir the pot, right? But uh, mm -hmm. you know, well, it's, quarter, it, it, it's classic American media, JC. You know this. I mean, you know, they everybody, the, the media, national media, was just head over heels in love with Spencer Rattler, and then and then they they the story was so juicy the following year when Caleb Williams came in and and the fall of Spencer Rattler they couldn't wait to cover that, and 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 ever since then you know they they want to it's like it, it's almost like the, you could feel a lot of them like should we give him credit should we not give him credit if we do how much do we give him. You know, it, it's up to Spencer Rattler to go out there and just take what he's earned. Yeah, I mean, you're, look, what do your eyes tell you? What do the numbers tell you? I mean, why would it be, yeah. well, how much credit do we give it? But that's a stupid – that's why I don't consider – Oh, I agree. Uh, that's why I'm not a journalist anymore. I'm much more of an entertainer <laughs> and a guy that knows things. I mean, I, I don't I, – I, I, it's embarrassing, some of the stuff that they do. But I don't want to get on a rant about that today. Uh, I'll say this. There have been very few quarterbacks that have had a lot of success against the dogs the last few years. Kyle Trask, C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young are three. If you looked at the recruiting rankings a few years back, and I'm not saying to put a lot of stock in this, but Spencer Rattler was ranked higher than all of them. Maybe not – no, not Bryce. Bryce Young was also the number one quarterback. Bryce was probably a little higher. But, uh, you know, it, that's what it's going to take. Okay. is it, are they, Can they do it? I don't know. Are they capable of doing it? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think there, there's nightmares when you play this bunch, when they, they kind of live in the backfield. Uh, I would not be fooled by them being lackluster in some statistical categories and lackluster eyeball test-wise so far. 
because I think that that is a bored football team <laughs> right now. Uh, and I think they're going to be sky high and, and ready to go prove it, especially a lot of their younger, really talented players that, you know, haven't gotten a lot of playing time. I mean, Georgia, Georgia's ta- really stacked. However, you know, th- these aren't the experienced guys that you've seen the last few years, you know, so they have to go prove it. Uh, Everybody talks about Georgia being the next Alabama. Well, we'll see, you know, because that's what Alabama did, has done for years. Um, well, they are right now. They're not the next. They are They are what Alabama was right now. Sure. Um, if they can continue to, to find, but if they go to eight and four this year, they're not. No, no, no right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, as it stands today, they, they are. They are what Alabama was, and. They go you know, eight and four, there's going to be a meltdown in that. Well, I mean, Saban, Saban. Never won three in a, hadn't won three in a row at Alabama, right? No, nobody's won three in a row since the Minnesota Golden Golfers back right, in the thirty six. Thirty six. Guess I guess I should have. Uh, yeah, I made sure you understood that I was being sarcastic. So you know, if Kirby's if <laughs> sorry Kirby's about smart, that. No, no, I I, 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 I didn't know that it was Minnesota, but I knew it was. It's been almost a hundred years. But what mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm getting at is, you know, if Georgia if Georgia wins a third straight national championship, I mean, they've not only are they what Alabama was, you know, the, the, the language that is very common, you just said it, I say it all the time. Uh, it's, it's, it's bogus, you know, the next Alabama, no, forget Alabama, Georgia's Georgia. Who's it's Georgia's time. You know what I mean? Like it, it's almost respectful to them, to them to say they're the next Alabama to your point, to your point, JC, this year ain't over. And Alabama does have one loss. Alabama has been doing this for 15 seasons since 2009. I mean, they've been in the thick of it for 15 years. Uh, That's hard Georgia, to do. Yeah, Georgia's yeah. got a ways to go to, to, to do that. Not not a slip either. I mean, they haven't had a season. I mean, even last year was a quote-unquote down year. They lost two games on the last play of the game. Two, two championship uh, – well, not championships, but two, two double-digit win teams. Um, yeah, this is interesting here. Also from the chat box from press, uh, Beamer's Presser yesterday, and I'm not going to get on this subject a bunch, but I do want to point this out. Be quote from Beamer, Rattler knows where to go, and they don't have an entire library of things of what they are trying to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, he said it all. You don't, you don't, yeah. we don't, there's nothing to talk about. We all not going to keep going all with that, but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Garrett, I'm not, I'm not concerned with having only 15 commits right now. Uh, I do think they are going to hit the portal for some, some parts, some parts, <laughs> some, yeah, some spare parts, I guess. Uh, but, uh, they don't have a lot of room. I mean, the scholarship numbers, you know, if ever, if God forbid they have mass attrition, with some of these younger players that they've got in these the 2022-23 class, uh, they don't you know they don't have a ton of space. So uh, it'll be an interesting portal season for South Carolina. Important portal season. Um, got to get that nil thing clicking, you know, for that. But uh, I think that uh, I'm not worried about recruiting in the sense that this is going to be a not so strong class. I think it's going to be a strong class. If there's a concern, it's that they. They did get Dylan Stewart, but then there's some other guys they really could have used that they did not get. Uh, and so sometimes this staff likes to kind of – because they're the first staff that had the portal. They like to go hit the portal if, um, you know – or find a guy like Tyshawn Russell. 
Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Sometimes these guys you pick up late end up being or, or Elijah Caldwell. Some sometimes you guys you pick up late, you're they end up being pretty good. Sky Moore was one. Rashad Fenton was one. Uh, a guy named Co Simpson was one. You know, so yeah. Some sometimes well, that, 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 the guys right at the end. Gil, Gilbert, senior seasons. Freaking yeah. Gilbert Edmond was one. You know, they took well, Gilbert the, last. And they're in a new evaluation period here now too because. High school football is has been uh, underway for just under a month, and you reevaluate. There are seniors whom they've not offered that they probably will end up offering over the next couple of months, as we all well know. And uh, that's what happens. You know, you've, if you've read the reports, right, the last couple of weeks, JC, from your staff on Friday nights, you've had coaches on this staff in different states recruiting, having to play. And, and the Gamecocks were playing game the next day in Charlotte last week in Columbia, and you had – you had uh, Travian Roberts down in Florida the week before. You had guys all over the place, and yet they had to get back to Charlotte on game day to, to kick off that night. So yep. it's, an, it's an eval period. It's a new one. And guys whom they've been watching on the radar but not offered, uh, they're going out to reevaluate and see them, and, and that's where you kind of start to fill out the rest of your class sometimes. Yep. They call it low-hanging fruit, man. Low-hanging fruit. That's what they call it. And I think, uh, yeah, that's the life of an assistant, man. People don't know. Some of these guys – during a recruiting period, they will have a game. They're at the team, checking the team hotel home because they stay in a hotel home and away. Right. Uh, then they get they either get on the school plane and are back at midnight or you know to wherever the destination is, or or if they're let's say they're playing at Florida, they're maybe out in Jacksonville or something like that watching players. So that's the life uh, life of an assistant. That's why I don't really feel bad for head coaches when they get fired anymore because they have generational wealth that they've accrued with, with the way their contracts are, but. Assistance, man, uh, they uh, they're on year to year contracts in many ways, um, and their families get uprooted and moved, and they're kind of at the mercy of, of the head coach. So, and, and those jobs are, are, are good paying jobs, but they're not always uh, always fun. I would think <laughs> if you're an assistant, but uh, and no pimp on a blimp. Who, by the way, was KFC before? KFC's been in our chat box before. He oh. just changed his name. Uh, was I uh, Sir Big Spur on Cocky Talk? No, I was not. I was never. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to reveal my Cocky Talk handle because I don't <laughs> remember what I'd posted on there but way back in the day. Uh, probably a lot of criticism of Lou Holtz or something and Brad Scott, but no, I didn't uh, Didn't. Didn't do that. Uh, it is 11.24. We've got a couple minutes left in this uh Opening segment of our programming, but uh, Jordan Hill with Dogs 247, 24-7, coming up in about six minutes. He'll give us the Georgia side of things, and uh, I know what's on everybody's mind is, is clearly the, the Kirby comment towards Tonka. You heard our take on it yesterday. We'll get his on that as well. If you are uh, excited about college football weekend, it's a, it'll be an interesting day for the SEC, Phil and JC, starting at noon. It's a it's a good day for the Gamecocks to be out of town if you're just planning to lounge because you've got 14th-ranked LSU on the road at Mississippi State. Of course, we'll pick these games coming up on Friday. You've also got 15th-ranked Kansas State on the road at Missouri, and the SEC is 3-6 and six against Power 5 opponents through the first couple of the weeks of the season. So those are important games in the league. Then you got the Dogs and the Gamecocks. And then at seven o'clock, you got Tennessee going to Florida, and all of a sudden, there's this conversation being had. By the way, BYU is at Arkansas late night as well. Um, but you've got this interesting scenario unfolding here, where 
hey, look, you know, Florida has not really looked good. Tennessee, we know, is better. Joe Milton, everybody's enamored with the fact that he can throw it over them mountains, but he can't hit anybody. You know, <laughs> and if they go to the swamp where there's going to be 90,000, 90, almost 90,000 people down there, eight, or maybe a little over 90,000, cheering and yelling and this, that, and the other, and he has a tough game, could Florida kind of have a salvage-type ball game Saturday evening to get their season going. It'd be interesting. I, I think Florida is going to have to just – it's they got to play old-school football, right? And I've seen teams try this with Tennessee the last few years. Uh, it's not worked. You know, I, I think – I don't think – Georgia did it, but Georgia also attacked downfield with Stetson Bennett, if you remember, in that Georgia-Tennessee game last year. They didn't just line up and try to maul them. I think they're smarter than that on defense because what they'll do is they'll run blitz you and run dog you to death like they did. The LSU tried to do that last year to Tennessee, um, and and that was stupid because Tennessee. by the time they woke up, it was a new kickoff in Baton Rouge. By the time they woke up, they were down 24-7. to seven. Um, <laughs> I think the way Carolina did it, you know, just going after them and trying to just match them score for score uh, is much better. Alabama played them matching them score for score and lost, but, you know, they put 49 on the board, should have more. So uh, it, can Florida solve the riddle? And can Florida play ball control, keep it the, the keep Milton off the field, uh, and then hope that he's inaccurate? That's the way they're going to win the game. I just don't know that Florida has enough playmakers on either side of the ball, you know, to prevent Tennessee from getting out there with a the win. Now it's been 20 years since Tennessee's won down there, so – Strange thing. They got little goblins in the swamp that don't like the balls. They're like little spurrier goblins. Yeah, shoot, you're not gonna win. Huh? I'm gonna yeah. go out there and make you fumble. I'm gonna bite your ankles. Well, you know, watch him be in the swamp for that game too. Is like you're gonna see pictures of him around there, I'm sure. Coach yeah. Spurrier. Oh, he'll be there. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, been yeah. he's been walking around the office singing We Are the Boys from Old Florida all week. You know, he's fired <laughs> up. That's his This is this is his game his, here. This was this yeah. is one of his two games. There's, there's no doubt. He uh, he he doesn't like I mean he likes watching them beat everybody being back down there, but it hurts him when it when they beat the Gamecocks, but it don't hurt him when they beat the dogs or the uh the ball. They're, they're big <laughs> fans of that. There's no score big enough. That is that is for dang sure. All right, uh, we do need to step aside. Thanks to our friends at Gamecock Traditions for what they do for the Gamecock fans. You can be anywhere in the world. Yeah, man, you heard that. They'll ship it. And I've been doing that for years because I live in the low country, and they've got the best overall selection of stuff for South Carolina. It's not just clothes, cups tailgate gear tents can't find it that's probably where you're gonna find it head to gamecocktraditions.com and they'll send it to you it'll arrive at your doorstep and you don't have to go to some sham little store you know it's got a bunch of old crap that nobody wants to wear anymore that they bought off of some joint in china gamecock traditions gets it first they get it fast and you get it and you get to wear it on game day gamecocktraditions.com all right jordan davis hill with dogs 24 7 when we return. 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style, and seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks.
It's hard to believe it's been 30 years since Bob Fulton made that call between the hedges. Brandon Bennett over the top. Carolina fans would take something similar on Saturday, that's for sure. But I think there's going to be a little bit of a different style of or brand of football played 30 years later than what we saw back then. But we'll see. Jordan Davis Hill joins us from Dogs 24-7 Sports to give us the angle from Athens on this border rivalry. And uh, Jordan, I think one of the things that I'm not sure how many people are discussing enough is it's the last time that they're going to play annually, at least for the foreseeable future. These two opponents will move in a little bit different directions when the new scheduling begins in 2024. Thanks for coming, man. How you doing? Definitely. Uh, yeah, doing great. And, uh, you know, as much fun as it's been to watch Georgia play UT Martin and Ball State in the first two weeks, uh, <laughs> looking forward to Saturday's game just a little bit more. Do you, do you think Georgia's <laughs> players are bored uh, and coaches are kind of bored with that? I, I, I have a theory because I've seen some of the overreaction on social media about Bobo and uh, slow start. Why are they running it? I, I just got this. I'm not going to say they're disinterested, but uh, I don't know. Going through the motions. What do you, what do you think? What do you, I mean, it, it has to be hard when you're the two time defending champions to, to work all summer and then be like, man, I'm super fired up to play Tennessee Martin. Man, oh like God, that, that dang, that dang ball state game is going to be a war. Ooh. I feel like the biggest thing I would say between the two would probably be the coaches just because with the way Georgia's roster is set up, like, you know, if you go out there and you're just going through the motions, they got a, you know, a four-star or a five-star behind you in the depth chart, buddy. They'll go throw him out there and let him play instead. So I feel like that is probably mm-hmm. the biggest motivation. And, and you know, the players have said all the right things about, you know, we take every game the same. They've even said that this week saying, you know, we talked to Tate Ratledge, the right guard, and he was like, you know, I prepared for this game just like I have UT Martin, which I'd expect them to say, you know, that every time they're asked something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just knowing that they kind of have to bring it because there's guys behind them, you know, that they uh, they are still very deep across this roster where if you're kind of slacking or going through the motions, they'll throw somebody else back in there and you may not be back on the field by the time we get to these SEC games, these bigger games on the schedule. Dogs have outscored their first two opponents 98-10. to 10. All right, let's start with the quarterback, Carson Beck. Your early impressions of the signal caller for Georgia. I thought he made strides from game one to game two, and I thought he looked pretty good in game one. I just think that first quarter, you could kind of see the nerves. I think you kind of see him pressing. With the first he started in like four years. He hadn't started since he was a senior in high school. Uh, but mm-hmm. I thought he looked really good. I was impressed with game two. Again, you got to keep in mind it was Ball State. Uh, but he's done a good job of – you know, not relying on just one receiver. He's distributed the ball really well, gotten a bunch of different guys. I think that uh, Brock Bowers is going to be a big target. You know, uh, that's just sort of, uh, you know, not something you have to put a whole lot of thought into. But Dominic Lovett, a guy they got from Missouri, he's been involved quite a bit in these first two games. And, uh, you know, something I keep in mind, too, you know, when you look at Carson Beck through two games, the first game they don't have Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, who's their starter on the outside, and they didn't have Lab McConkie. And then game two, they still didn't have Lab McConkey. And quite frankly, we don't know if they'll have Lab McConkey uh, for this game against South Carolina. But I've been really impressed with Carson. I think he's done a good job. Um, he's taking care of the football, which is something that Kirby has stressed. You know, as long as he's been the Bulldogs head coach, he does not want a quarterback that's going to be a gunslinger and force things. Through two games, he's only thrown one interception. And you could argue it was the receiver's fault. The receiver kind of bobbled the ball and knocked it up in the air and a uh, Ball State defensive back uh, wound up with it and had a bit of a return. But uh, Carson's looked good. 
I hadn't thrown a ton of deep balls. I'll be interested to see if they give him a lot of chances to do that. Did have a very nice one for about 35 yards to Arian Smith. Uh, so I think he's done well. I know uh, there are fans with concerns, but he could have thrown for 400 yards and, and uh, fans would probably uh, have a few questions. So I think so far he's done a very good job in his first two starts. You mentioned Lad McConkey questionable for the game. Uh, Javon Bullard uh, was injured last week too. Uh, give us kind of a, a health report uh, with some of the significant Bulldogs that um, and, and what the impact is. Uh, you know, you mentioned Georgia being deep. Um I would think it would be hard to replace Javon Buller, but there's probably somebody. I mean, Dan Campbell's pretty good. You know, those guys. Dan, is they, it Dan Campbell, Dan Edwards, Dan, Dan, Dan Jackson, Tag Gummit. So, yeah, they're all pretty good. So, definitely. Yeah. Those are the two biggest ones, Javon Bullard uh, and Lab McConkey. Neither one of them, uh, as of Wednesday, have been practicing with Georgia. I would be surprised if either one plays. I would say Ladd is probably more likely to play just because he's been out trying to work his way back. Javon got hurt about midway through that first quarter against Ball State. Ankle sprain, hasn't been practicing, but he has been out there. Uh, Hadn't been able to do a whole lot. Uh, The guy to watch there if Javon does not play is probably David Daniel Sisavon. Uh, He's a veteran, not played a ton. He was in some of the dime packages last year, but he stepped in. He was the first guy in when Javon got hurt. And I was impressed. I mean, heavy hitter. Uh, we talked to Kamari last year, one of the cornerbacks, and he said that David Daniels' nickname for himself is the Hip Man. So if you have that kind of nickname, you better live up to it. And I thought he did in that Ball State game. Uh, those are really the two biggest ones. They've got a few other guys, Austin Blasky, who's probably the first offensive tackle off uh, the bench. Uh, he's been dealing with an MCL. Um, I'm not sure if he would be available, but we may not even see him if he is available. And then Dejan Edwards, who I think could wind up being the leading rusher, hasn't played the last two weeks. He was dealing with an MCL uh, during fall camp, but Kirby has said he could have played against UT Martin and he could have played against Ball State. I think it worked out to Georgia's favor that they could kind of keep him on the sideline, let him get to full health. Uh, I think we will see number 30 uh, carrying the ball and probably carrying it quite a few times when we get to this game on Saturday. The last 10 years, uh, this series has not been kind to the Gamecocks. Both wins have been by uh, a field goal, and they've both been pretty remarkable, to be honest. 2014 and 2019, of course, in Athens. During that 10-year period, Jordan Georgia has averaged 242 yards per game on the ground. Embarrassing if you're South Carolina. But the last couple of years had a little bit of a different style of play in there. They've been throwing it around a little bit. Now, Mike Bobo is back in the, he's through for over 300 last two years against Carolina. Now Mike Bobo's back in that chair. So with all of that information, who is Georgia? What what are they doing on offense? I think we're going to learn a lot in this game, but I think what we're going to see, you know, it's funny doing radio hits in uh, different parts of the country. Some people who are really familiar with the team and others who are just, you know, kind of seeing the box score. Uh, people have been like, you know, well, they got Mike Bobo. They got that ground and pound and, through two games, you know, it's looked a lot like what Todd Munkin was running, and that's sort of a point that Kirby Smart made really more in the offseason when there were these questions about Mike Bobo and what are they going to do, and are they kind of going back to old-school Mike Bobo, Mark Rick, Georgia offense. And, you know, Kirby made it a point that, look, this is the Georgia offense, and, uh, you know, we've kept some of the things that Todd Munkin did, but there was stuff that Todd Munkin came in and started doing that was sort of more of what was there before. You know, I think that they don't shy away from throwing the ball around, especially this year. We got a situation, their receiving room is very, very deep. 
um, you know, with the wide receivers. Then you got Brock Bowers and Oscar Delp at tight end. And the the biggest question I think about this team on the whole right now is the run game in general, uh, because like I said, Dejan Edwards has, hasn't played. The run backs who have played have not really been able to, to break out. And part of that is run blocking has been a little bit suspect through two games where you would expect those guys to dominate. Um, so, you know, it was so much so that they played a receiver, Dylan Bell. Uh, he got a two or three carries in that Ball State game, had a 21-yard touchdown, and now, you know, all the fans want him to be playing running back. We'll see if he gets involved and uh, if we see him back there at all uh, on Saturday. But, no, I mean, I, I think this is a team that's going to continue to air it out. They've got a quarterback in Carson Beck. He's got a big arm. I think that's the biggest advantage when you, when you compare him to Stetson. Uh, Stetson can make big plays, and he did over the course of – uh, his career at Georgia, but he didn't have quite as strong an arm as Carson Beck. Now, on the flip side, Carson can't move quite as well as Setson did. Um, but I, I think this is a team that's going to air it out. I'd be very surprised if we saw uh, some of those Russian numbers, JB, that you had mentioned in some of these past uh, performances. Uh, you know, I, I think this is a team that is going to play to its strengths. Its strengths are these wide receivers and these very athletic tight ends. And, uh, you know, I'll, I, I don't imagine they'll abandon the run game, but I, I think they're going to let Carson Beck air it out and uh, let him make plays down the field. That, that brings up a very, very interesting conversation because I think the large majority of South Carolina fans that would hear you say that would, would nod their heads like, well, that that's, that's not a bad thing for us because Carolina's been really poor at stopping the run, slowing it down, however you want to describe that, but – you know, they have long felt, and even with some of the bang-ups back there, Nicky Mawari and others, that that secondary is pretty good. And and they have been opportunistic over the last three years under Clayton White at creating turnovers. I mean, the key is, you know, if you if you make one or two, if you get one or two this weekend against Georgia, you, you got to get some points out of it somewhere. You can't just turn them over and then punt it right back to them. Um, but, but it's interesting you say that because, you, you know, you would think that Georgia identifies the weakness in the Gamecock defense and says, we're just going to run it down their throat till they stop us. But you're saying something a little different. So I'll be, I'm anxious to see what that looks like. Definitely. And I think it's something to watch because, you know, it's sort of hard when you watch Georgia play UT Martin and Ball State and say, okay, are they trying to save stuff? Do they want, you know, do they not want the opponents, you know, that are going to be better than the likes of UT Martin Ball State to see things? Or can we just, you know, flat out not run the football? And, uh, Kirby's been asked about it. Uh, he took offense sort of to uh, the question after the Ball State game and basically brought in the fact that, you know, they had run some screens that were successful against Ball State, made some plays there and said, you know, that's an extension of the run game, um, but we do need to run better uh, in the perimeter or, you know, between the tackles. Uh, so it, it's something that I'm really interested in. Again, like you mentioned, you know, North Carolina did such a good job in that opener running against South Carolina. It's sort of a question of who is it going to be you know, is it going to be Dejan Edwards in his first game of the season that he comes in and they decide, okay, we, we can afford to lean on the run game. We don't have to just throw the ball. Uh, another guy, too, Andrew Paul, who I, I've been very surprised the first two games. I really expected him, especially with Dejan out, to have a chance to be the leading rusher, and he's really not had hardly any carries. He was on the field a bit for Ball State. Um, he's a redshirt freshman that uh, last fall camp had torn his ACL but had gotten a lot of buzz. Um, so I'm interested if they've tried to kind of hold some stuff back with Dejan not playing, um, with Andrew Paul uh, playing, but very sparingly. Um, but again, I, I still think that this is a team that understands that um, Kirby talks a lot about getting your best 11 on the field and trying to operate an offense with those guys. 
I mean, they, they are very, very deep at receiver. I could pull three names out of a hat when it comes to these receivers and be like, you know, that's a pretty formidable uh, lineup. You know, the, they don't have yeah. to lean on three guys and say, all right, if one of these guys gets hurt, we're in trouble. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see how they approach the run game and what they try to do and who they really try to lean on when it comes to taking carries. Jordan Hill with Dogs 24-7. Let's, let's flip it around a little bit here. Uh, what, what have you learned over there over the last couple of days as they've turned their attention to this game against South Carolina and Shane Beamer and Dowell Loggins and this new offense? Uh, what have you learned that Georgia is concerned about heading into the ball game? I think the biggest thing is you can tell the kind of um, you know belief and understanding of the the respect I should say that they've got for Spencer Rattler. There's been a lot of talk about Spencer and the job he's done. Um, it was very interesting talking to Kamari Laster, who uh, second year starter at corner, and asking him about you know the fact that Spencer can move around and, and not necessarily scramble, but keep plays alive and. He said, you know, it's a lot like backyard football at a certain point where you kind of just have to stick with your man and and just try to be ready for whatever because Spencer can make those kind of plays. I think that's been the biggest thing is just what they've talked about with Spencer. Uh, There's been a lot of talk on the Georgia side about, uh, you know, trying to make a statement in this first SEC game because, you know, I I think Georgia understood it wanted to uh, make the most of those first two games. But again, you know, Playing an SEC game against a team like South Carolina, that's taken a step up from playing UT Martin and Ball State. Uh, they sort of want to let everybody know that, hey, Georgia's the defending SEC champion, and you know they have all intentions of making that back-to-back. Um, and it starts on Saturday. They want to have a good game uh, in front of that home crowd in Sanford Stadium. And, uh, you know, they, they just want to go out there and show out to start conference play. Yeah, but that, that place isn't very loud, though. It's – Right, Rather right. quiet, honestly. I was th- th- that whole that whole thing has taken on this crazy life, um, you know. And and I took it as Kirby used it as an opportunity to get his fans going. You know, they've probably been a little apathetic the last couple of weeks because they're just not playing anybody. We're supposed to have Oklahoma last week, and you, of course, get, couldn't get them. I, I just want to know, and you, you probably know, but you're not going to say it, and that's fine. Who's the reporter that's been sitting on this question since media days? You know, like. That that's it. You you've had that in your pocket for since July, and, and you're going. I will I will say this, right. JB. It was a student reporter. I won't say who it was, but I hope Don't he learned that. a lesson. I hope he learned a lesson because as soon as it came out of his mouth, I just I just sort of it's cringe worthy, you know. Taka Taka Hemingway would not. Poor I mean, Tonka. if you know Taka Hemingway, he's like. Yeah, just a, a quiet guy with a smile on his face Absolutely. all the time. Uh, Kirby recruited, kind of, yeah. It just kind of goes to work and, and yeah. does whatever. But uh, and then it was a, they just kind of put him on the spot at media. What's too loud to say? He's, oh, well, can you listen? And, I'll be honest. Kyle, Kyle Field is louder than Sanford. I mean, that's I've, just I've a been, fact. I, yeah, I've been I've been to to Kyle Field when I covered Auburn and and got to hear. I mean, the press box was shaking, and a big part of it for for Georgia. And some of y'all that have been there for games, it's quite literally the architecture. Half the stadium is open. It can't get that loud. It's just how it's built. Man, uh, it's yeah. loud, though, Jordan. It is I loud. Mean, it's loud. And these, these, <laughs> questions, these questions of these players, they're only going to be as good as what the game was. You know, like you might go to Kyle Field and you're beating them 28 to nothing from the first quarter on, and you're never in your life going to say that, that place was loud because it yeah. wasn't. It was quiet. So it's Just like you mentioned, Neyland Stadium. Neyland Stadium, when they all get rolling, 
Oh, I mean, there's a hundred thousand people heard. there. It's loud yeah. as you know what, but a lot of times, you know, it's it's not, <laughs> you know, because they're not they're not playing yeah. that well, you know, yeah. and so uh, I think a lot of that depends on whatever. But uh, look, I, I I think there's no chance in Hades. Poor old Tonka. That, that, that bunch over there, that because I know them, God love them. Some of them are my best friends on earth. The dogs, the fans, the tailgaters, driving from. I, I mean, it's got to be uh, a little bit boring to drive from Moultrie, Georgia. If you guys have ever been to Moultrie, Georgia, it's about four hours from Athens. And I, and I tailgated with this bunch once upon a time, a couple of times. And uh, to, to see Ball State and Tennessee Martin, at well, least South Carolina has a name player. You know, at least you're like, oh, this is an SEC game. So you I, you bet your sweet behind that bunch is going to be there 11 a.m., Probably cracking some chicken cock whiskey or other beverages. 11 a.m. for a 3.30 game in Athens? Probably at 11 o'clock the night before. I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Jordan, come on. They are going to be fired up. You know, you, you wait, you, those of you that watch it on TV, you'll see the opener on CBS and you'll hear that crowd. They will be pumped If you're coming in to Athens at 11 o'clock tomorrow, you ain't getting into Athens. They're already I'm getting, there. I'm getting old, JB. I'm like trying to be more conservative with my tailgating times. But anyway... <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know that bunch, and I, I know they're going to be there. I mean, they're going to. You just gave you just gave Kirby even more juice. Now he's you're going to be in his next press conference. Yeah, yeah, the boy, JC, yeah y'all don't show up three hours before the game. Jason, yeah, yeah, don't show up. Yeah, JC, you're lucky that uh, he's already gone on the teleconference for the day. He might have mentioned <laughs> he'd have picked up. JC Sherber, one of their people told. Uh, well, that one of their people told us that uh, our fans and they don't show up three hours before the game. So that's a, yeah. Oh, come on. Way hey, go, Kirby man. probably – Kirby and I are kindred spirits. We got the same uh, – it's a, it's a look. It's a good look. I, it's, I it's the Kirby. <laughs> yeah. I, do, well, I thought do Kirby you, adeptly, you know, answered the question, to you know, and directed it more at the fans than it was anything else. It was just like, hey, oh, y'all, don't forget absolutely. this. Show up and show out, you know. Right. right. <laughs> That's he exactly what they, it was. They've, are, they've always answered the bell and they'll do it again or something. Yeah. Yeah. What's he supposed to say? You know, I mean, yeah, you know. use that as an opportunity. You're a college head coach. Uh, it was the question that, again, somebody's been literally sitting on for almost two months. So you're like, how did you even remember that? Well, why is it important now? All right. Um, uh, my final question, these these two gentlemen, fine gentlemen here. My, uh, by the way, it's National uh, Bald Day. I can't remember the name of it. National it's, Love it's, on a right, Bald yeah. Day. We see how much it means to so, you, JB. Bald, uh, is, bald is beautiful. So, so, Jordan, before you get out of here, you got to, you know, you got to wish, wish Phil a you know, happy next 12 hours or so. But um, uh, my final question to you is if, if you, if you, had to pick the strength of Georgia's team, what would it be if you had to pick the weakness of Georgia's team? It's kind of tough. These two first two ball games are hard to gauge on, but from what you know going into this one, uh, their strength and weakness. I'd say the biggest strength, and it kind of comes with the caveat of Javon Bullard probably being out, but it's secondary. Georgia, oh, my gosh. I mean, just how they've covered and, and just how hard they hit. I think Malachi Starks has a very good chance of being a first-team All-American. He's played great through two games. Tyke Smith's been something of a surprise. He, he stepped up at hmm. star. Javon Bullard played star last year, and they moved him to safety. And Tyke has done outstanding through two games. So I think their secondary has been very, very good, even with breaking in new starters and a new starting corner opposite of Kamari Laster. The weakness I think we kind of talked about was the run game, you know, just the fact that it's been questions, not been able to generate a whole lot of big plays, not really provided a whole lot of room to run. 
I think the run game is the biggest thing, and, and it's one of those areas I really want to watch on Saturday, especially understanding that you know South Carolina did struggle stopping the run against North Carolina. One, how much does Georgia lean on that? And two, how successful are they? So um, definitely some questions about this team. I know a lot of people outside of the program are saying, well, it's Georgia. They're back-to-back defending champions. Um, but they do have things they got to figure out, and uh, we'll see how they do when they play South Carolina on Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I thought Kendall Milton would have a little bit of a bigger start, but he, he was still kind of coming off a hamstring in- injury, wasn't he? Didn't he have one early in camp? He was, and it was sort of a situation where Kirby, after that opener against UT Martin, uh, said you know, that he wanted to go. He was not 100%, but basically Kendall went to the coaches and said, I want to play in this game. And I think you kind of saw that. You know, I think they said after halftime his hamstring sort of tightened up after playing for a bit. Uh, but it sounds like he's gotten better. Kirby's talked him up basically since game one and just how he's looked at practice. So he's not 100%. And I think you've seen that with some of his play. Um, but, you know, I think he has made progress getting ready for the SEC opener. Could be a fun one for Georgia on Saturday. South Carolina's looking to uh, to ruin that. We'll see. Uh, it has not been close at all the last three seasons. And um, they're well aware of that in both locker rooms. So we'll see what happens. Between the Hedges at 3.30 on CBS, the final Georgia-South Carolina game on CBS, guys. Let that sink in for a second. That's the end kinda, of an era. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's been a lot of them. There's been a lot of these games that have been played on CBS over the years. We're going to get that old Iowa Purdue uh, on that time slot. Yeah, that's true. That's Nothing right. says football like Iowa defense, you know. Ah. Jordan, Jordan, great stuff, man. Thank you so much. And we, we really appreciate it. We look forward to getting you back uh, sometime down the road and, um, Enjoy what should be a wild weekend in Athens. Definitely appreciate you guys. Hope you have a good rest of your day, especially you, Phil. It sounds like it's a very special day. Thank you, I appreciate that. He's he's locked in, man. He he cannot wait to get off the air and start drinking. So uh, we're, uh, we're we're fired up for Phil. I might pick the kids up first. Might. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. uh, oh, look at that! It, uh, Jordan just pulled JC on as he vanished. <laughs> All right, it's uh, 11.55. We need to take a break because we got another one coming up who also works with 24-7. That would be Mr. Brad Crawford, whose predictions this weekend are out. And they're just not kind to South Carolina. Brad, what are you doing? We're, you're going to have to face the music here with all these fine folks in the Nana's Ports chat box. So we'll uh, we'll put him on the spot. We'll take a drive around the rest of the country uh, as well. Uh, interesting games in the SEC on top of this one. Hang tight. We're powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. If you've never been on an electric bike or if you've never seen one, you might want to head to the website and check them out. I mean, they're awesome. Like, really awesome. 20-something miles per hour, 28 miles per hour, up to 60 miles. Yeah, pedal assist mode. You can also ride it, you know, like an actual bike. Anything and everything you want for exercise, but also for entertainment beach mountains wherever you may be thanks to michelle she is a right jc true and through gamecock they are also carolina rise members uh they love the university of south carolina i go in there and we sit there and talk ball forever they're located in mount pleasant but they'll sell you something from anywhere and uh and we really really appreciate them so hats off to the wilkins family great gamecocks no doubt yeah and uh look at uh 
We have a Carolina Rise, inf- what's called an information session coming up in Charleston next week. I think Michelle's going to be there, Dan, too. Um, I think. I think I was told mm-hmm. that. So, looking forward to seeing you guys. Yay. Yeah, they're the best. They are the best. So is Brad. He's up next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Doco. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotra, Convention Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to letmepaintsomething.com to check them out.
Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Past noon on this Wednesday, September the 13th. Welcome back. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co., served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and always live from the Sinorama Studios. JC will be back here in just a moment, but we're honored, as always, to be uh, joined by our friend Brad Crawford, covering college football year-round, around the clock, 365 days a year for 24-7 sports. But more importantly, he's once again a new father. So how's everything going at home? Are you getting any sleep? Can you see the bags under my eyes right now? Um, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. bottles, and my wife handles everything else. So I'm, I'm trying to take the graveyard shift from her. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You've been there. You know how it feels. Yep. It's, it's, <laughs> it, won't, it won't last. We, we're cherishing these moments for sure. Yeah, that's right. You, you cherish them. You look back on it, and you you miss them a little bit, uh, yep. and because you're never going to do it again. Uh, but it is tough in the moment sometimes when you're like, oh, "Man, I just need some sleep." I get it. Well, <laughs> prayers are with you. You'll get through that's it. Right. As you, you've already done it twice, right? This is your third, oh, right? Yeah. Third, third girl too. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, got God help us, girl dads out there, right, Phil? Uh, yes, yes, a, no, no. We need all. It's not an easy get. life we live. All the blessings we can get. <laughs> mine, are, mine are starting to get a little bold. You know, no, I, Dad, we're not. I need my, that. I need my own nil deals for them. So, mm-hmm. like, look here, kid. Bold. That's funny. <laughs> You're gonna do what I tell you to do. All right, um, all right, Brad. Uh, obviously, we're we're just gonna start with uh, South Carolina and in Georgia, but do yeah. want to take a drive around the SEC with you and um, and around college football. It's what many are looking at in college football as kind of a down week with the schedule, but generally those are the weeks that surprise us as we all know. So we'll get your thoughts on that here in just a little bit, but um, between the hedges, the last three meetings in this series have been brutal 
for Carolina. The last 10 years, Gamecocks have given up an average of 242.5 yards per game on the ground. Uh, Georgia struggled there a little bit to open the season against two very inferior opponents, although they've outscored them 98-10. to 10. I think some people have missed out on that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough task. Uh, Brad, I, I mentioned this yesterday. If South Carolina goes in there and actually gets it done, I, it would be the greatest win in the history of the program. And, and they're going to have to average more than 1.6 yards per carry, in my opinion, to get that done. <laughs> you think? And I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't anticipate the Gamecocks being able to run the ball with success, but all the tunnel and bubble screens and throws to the flats, that can essentially be the run game Saturday. And, and Spencer has already shown through two games that he's better at completing those balls than he was last season. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in college football right now. So I, I do think, you know, Fans might be complaining that there's not enough deep shots being taken, but the key to success Saturday is to complete those short balls and, you know, just try to push tempo a little bit and really put the onus on Georgia to make tackles and plays around the boundary. Yeah, I agree with you. This this extension of the run game, we just heard it a minute ago, uh, yep. talking about Georgia. This is becoming a very popular phrase in college football, this extension of the run game. Um, and while all that may be true, Brad, I, 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 you know, look, South Carolina's biggest question on offense is not the running backs to me. Uh, it's it's the offensive line, and and have, what have you, you? We saw some adjustments last week, right? Were there enough adjustments, and that you feel any way in any way, shape, or form better? about the line of scrimmage matchup against the dogs this week? Like, are they moving in the right direction where they can move a little bit more and keep it close, or uh, they just still don't have enough? I'm, I'm going to be real hesitant to say that I was pleased with the performance from week one to week two because it was for Furman. I think we're going to know probably the first quarter, the first couple possessions, if that line has improved a good bit from UNC to Georgia, another Power 5 opponent. I, I like the fact that Ja'Kai Moore played – a lot of snaps last week and, and played pretty well, graded out pretty well. You know, a few of the other guys did not, but they, they kept Spencer Rattler upright, and, and that's the key. And this is the first time all season, fellas, that Georgia has played an opponent that can go vertical. Gamecocks have some burners. So if, if you get guys like Xavier Leggett and Nick Harbour to kind of stretch the field and provide some opportunities underneath for, you know, Juice Wells, Eddie Lewis to get the work, South Carolina can, can find some success there because we don't we don't know yet if this Georgia team can can tackle because they haven't played a power five opponent yet. So um, this is going to show us a lot about have improvements been made up front for the Gamecocks. And is this Georgia defense elite like it has been the last two years? Yeah, and when they've struggled, uh, I keep saying this over and over, the three times come to mind during the Kirby Smart era recently, Brad, uh, 2020 Florida. Uh, that was, I think, a team that set passing records, um, maybe for the whole country. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Uh, 2021 SEC championship game against Bama. Bryce Young threw it over the top of their defense all night. Uh, and then, of course, uh, last year, C.J. Stroud lit them up pretty good. Now, the personnel on those teams on the lines of scrimmage obviously was better than South Carolina. But South Carolina's got some guys. I mean, they've to, if they can give Spencer time, he can go, uh, you know, he can go to work, hopefully. Hopefully guys are open. So that's uh, that's my take on that. And that's what kind of, you know, South Carolina were this the same old offense they were the, the last two years. I'd say no chance at all. But, uh, 
you know, this year's a little bit different kind of because of the uniqueness of, of what they do. They're, they're taking some shots downfield, J.C., and I think the first two weeks, the offenses that Georgia played against Ball State and UT Martin, they didn't have the skill guys on the outside that could test the secondary. Now, I don't I don't see Dow Loggins, you know, taking a bunch of deep shots because then you're going to throw the ball right into a guy like Malachi Starks' hands. But you, you have to be able to, I think, get some yards on first down, let, let Spencer Rattler find a rhythm early like, like he's done the first two games uh, despite being pressured. But, you know, Georgia's defense to front seven, it's, it doesn't attack and blitz the way that UNC's did. Um, you know, maybe it might do that Saturday, being that Kirby Smart may have found a weakness on, on film. But Georgia's more of a um, by-committee approach. They, they harass the quarterback. They don't necessarily sack the quarterback. Georgia's not been one of the national leaders in sacks these last couple championship runs. So um, I do think the Gamecocks can, can get some first downs, and they just have to establish possessions. I mean, you know, you, you can have an empty possession as long as you get three or four fourth down, uh, first downs. If you're South Carolina and you win the toss Saturday, what do you do? I think you take the football. Really? I, because you, you get a chance early to see if your offensive line is – you know, going to suffer false starts, or is is the volume of the crowd going to matter? Um, Gamecocks have had 14 penalties the first two weeks. That's like 12th in the SEC. You know, they can't afford to have four or five false starts Saturday and and back that offense up because you guys know Sanford Stadium can can become a zoo, especially if you fall down. You know, seven to ten points in the first quarter. Well, and you know, I, I I think the opposite of you. I think if you win it, you defer because you right now you're expected to. They don't in the locker room. The outside world expects South Carolina to be down at halftime. It gives you a chance to score coming out of half. If you, for some reason you're up, it's even better. But I, I I was on I was we were talking about this yesterday that if you if you win the toss, defer it and then just send the house at Carson Beck. He look. I'm not saying South Carolina's defense is some big grand defense. They hadn't proven that in three years. All right, they've had some moments, sure. but they are opportunistic. Uh, and and if if you just go out there and just send the house and this kid, this is his first real start in the SEC. See what he's made of in that opening drive. They score, they score. But you know, you you, know, you mentioned JB in in the opening that the Gamecocks in in the losses against Georgia are, are giving up like 240 yards a game on the ground. If if this Georgia injury depleted backfield gets 250 on Saturday then there, there's some major issues up front for South Carolina because th- this is a, you know, there, there's four and five stars back there, but it's not the star-studded group that we're used to seeing in Georgia. They, they, they've got a couple guys down. So this will be a game that I think if, if Georgia wins, Carson Beck probably has, you know, 300, 325 through the air. Is Spencer Rattler the best quarterback Georgia will see this year? Let me go through the schedule real quick. Probably so because Joe Milton the first two weeks – Man, he, he has not been the quarterback that I thought he was going to be. Now, he's got a chance Saturday night to swamp to to end all the naysayers. You know, if Tennessee goes there and wins, you know, 35-17 and he has 350, then so be it. But he's not completing the deep ball, and, and Spencer Rattler is. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, nobody nationally has mentioned that Spencer Rattler right now is a top-10 quarterback. 350 a game the last two weeks, you know, hasn't thrown a pick yet. And he's doing all this behind one of the league's worst offensive fronts. So it's very impressive what Spencer's done so far. And really, he's backed up what he said all in the offseason. He's comfortable in Dow Loggins' offense, and he's shown that so far. I, I know that this sounds like I'm in another stratosphere right now. I get it, but it is a Gamecock show, so we have to discuss how it could happen. If, if they sure. could win the game, 
if they win the game, there's no way, there's no way that they win the game without Spencer Rattler having the performance of a lifetime. It's impossible. Correct. They can't do it. Um, if So if they do win the game, that would mean he did. Where would he – Phil asked this question earlier. Where would he be when it comes to that big old trophy they hand out in December? South Carolina needs its stars to be stars on Saturday. And I think everything that plays Georgia, if you want to get your best shot, especially between the hedges, you have to have your big-name guys have big games. And, I mean, Juice Wells, we don't we don't know his availability as far as him being, you know, 80% right now. Was he, was he holding back a little bit against Furman? He has to have a big game, too. Everybody knows Leggett is, you know, one of the Power Five's top receivers right now, early September. It's time for Juice Wells to show up, too, and have a big game. And I think if Spencer Rattler goes, you know, 25 of 30 – for 350 and three touchdowns, and they upset Georgia, he's right up there with Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers all of a sudden because he has one of those top five wins under his belt. That's what you need early in September to, you know, kind of uh, push yourself to the top of that Heisman race. He'll immediately get in the conversation at least. And and then they'll start talking about Spencer Rattler versus Caleb Williams again. Uh, JB pointed that out earlier. And then it makes the Mississippi State game – so much more dangerous. Right. <laughs> Gamecock fans don't even want to think about what a win Saturday would do ahead of that Mississippi State game. I mean, and, you know, if look, you're not expected to win the game. I, I think that's uh, again, this is for us to just sit here and blab about on camera, but it's not a concern in the Gamecock locker room. They're going to go try to beat Georgia. At sure. the end of the day, though, you know, it, it is, Brad, you're, it is about beating – Mississippi State. It's about beating Florida. It's about beating Missouri. Those are the teams that, at least as it stands right now, that are going to make this season. Gets it seemingly a whole lot easier if you can go pull this thing off. But I, I'm um, not conceding Tennessee either, man. For the reasons no, no, I'm not stated. either. Because uh, yeah. a big key to their season last year was Hooker's accuracy down the field. I agree. I thought. I thought JC. Here we are, September 13th. We'd be talking about Tennessee having a top five offense nationally, based on who they've played so far. And they're running the football better than they are throwing it. And I was told at SEC Media Days, Dante Thornton, the Oregon transfer, would just be a Hulk-like beast at wide receiver. And he has, like, a couple catches. So uh, Tennessee has to get it together and certainly a tough spot Saturday night at Florida. Yeah, I, I think that um, you, you mentioned the Juice Wells situation. If I, I don't know. I mean, we – I know what I've been told. I mean, he did play 30 snaps last week. I can't imagine he'd get 30 snaps against Furman if he if he couldn't. They weren't going to take yeah. a chance of losing him in that game with this game in front of it. But with all that said, you know, if, if nonetheless, you know, at least if he can play, at very minimum, they have to pay attention to him. Sure. You know, like they got to pay. He might not go out there and have nine, ten catches for – for you know, 150 yards or 200 yards or, or whatever we would all dream it would be if you're on the South Carolina side of things. But if he's on the field, Brad, you got to pay attention to him and revert back because last year he was on the field against Arkansas and everybody discovered he was the best daggum wide receiver they had and then they didn't even target him against Georgia. So if, if you're juice and you've got any health in your body and you have any competitive juices flowing in your body, you're like, let me play. I'm playing. You're not taking me off the field. I didn't get my shot against them last year, but I yeah. sure as hell want it this year. You know, Georgia plays a two-safety look. Javon Buller is probably not going to play. He's nursing that ankle injury. So if I'm Dowell Loggins, I line up juice on the side of the field that 
Malachi Starks patrols. Because if I can get Juice to bring Starks to the sideline along with the guy covering me, then that, that frees up two guys. You know, we, we know XL on the other side can, can make plays. So when, when the Gamecocks have had success in Athens, they've, la- they, they've made plays downfield. They, they, they haven't rushed the ball for 300 yards. You know, out, outside of Lattimore's 200 back at Williams-Brice a long time ago, they, they've been throwing for over 300 yards to, to beat Georgia. And, of course, it helps when Georgia turns it over three or four times too. So Gamecocks defense has to be opportunistic. And I think one of you guys said it a few minutes ago, if they do get a turnover and it's on the plus side of the field, you have to cash in. You, you've got to score a touchdown. Boy, there ain't no question. Kita went in Athens' opportunistic defense as well because yep. uh, the 2019 game, obviously, uh, oh, yeah. they kept throwing it to Israel Mukwamu. Um, You go back to 2011, that was a 45 42 game, Brad, but Carolina had two defensive touchdowns and a, a special team, uh, one of the most epic special teams touchdowns in the history of the program when Melvin Ingram took off on the fake punt. Yeah. Um, you know, other than that, you know, Carolina's lost shootouts down there, uh, you know, and, and and it's different than it was in the mid 2000s where these two teams would just get together and just beat the snot out of one another. Black and, and four, blue. 14 to 10 slobber knocker. You know, that was almost that was a trend for a while, especially Holtz and early Spurrier. But uh, it's a little Andrew Pinnock at the one yard line. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and, and then uh, the, uh, the 08 game, I think Kenny Mike Miles, Davis. somebody, Mike Davis fumbled. Uh, the Dagum 05 game where this missed extra point essentially cost South Carolina the SEC East. We didn't know it at the time, but it we're doing that thing, fellas. Where, where we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're reminiscing on losses. I know we don't need to do that. That's my bad. Yeah, JC's well, good Brad, about that. That's why we all drink chicken cock bourbon. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, you know, they're uh, looking back at the series, you know, this. The, some Gamecocks have used this as an opportunity as they're coming out parties, right? You know, against Georgia. Sure. So if you had to pick a couple, one on offense, one on defense, who would you have target, you know, kind of ahead of the game for being a candidate for that? Well, you know, I, it's pretty unfortunate that, that Gamecocks best defensive player, you know, may not play Saturday. And, and really he's only played what two series all year talking about Nick, him and worry. I mean, that Clayton White expected him essentially to be the, you know, quarterback of this defense, and there's really no leader out there. Um, nothing against the other guys, some of the returning starters, but, I mean, Nick was a, fresh, a freshman All-American. You know, he was going to be an All-SEC first-team guy this season, so you would like to see him out there. I think, uh, you know, Stone Blanton maybe, if if he can pick off a ball or, or make a tackle in space and, and create a fumble, he, he might be a guy who has a big game. Debo Williams, obviously, he's one of the hardest hitters in, in college football, has, has shown that first two weeks, and then um, Xavier Leggett. I mean, he's back-to-back weeks has just been torching opposing secondaries, and I think Georgia's aware of him. Spencer Rattler has uh, sort of become target lock on number 17 out there, and rightfully so because of his catch radius. So, uh, like I said in the opening, man, Gamecock stars have to be stars, and if Spencer Rattler really does play with a chip on his shoulder and has some time, and this is the first time all year that Georgia's new look defense will actually be tested through the air. Yeah, uh, you know, could be a game where Trey Knox shows up more, Josh Simon yeah. shows up more, Eddie Lewis. I mm-hmm. thought, look at Luke Doty. You know, those guys. So. Guys, I, I think, yeah. With, with the struggles up front, you're you're going to probably have a lot of twelve personnel. You just you, you you just have to do it. 
um, because, and I don't know what they're doing in film this week, but having those two guys, Simon and Knox, on the Knox has not blocked well in the first two games, and I get that, but you at least have to have extra bodies on the field probably to prevent Spencer Rattler from running in circles. Here's a real question for y'all, and we're, we're going to get to – this is part of agree or disagree coming up here in just a little bit, JC, as well. But I'm going to ask Brad, since he's our special special guest, checking the mail. It, does Lenore Sellers play? You know, someone asked me this week. Uh, actually, I, I got a text this morning. It was a, a two-part text. Will, will Shane try something, quote, funky on special teams in Athens? And how much does Lenore Sellers play? Not, not will he play, but how much? I, and, you know, I don't, I don't think Lenore Sellers plays if the game is a, a game entering the fourth quarter because that means Spencer Rattler probably for the first two hours of that ball game has played pretty well. Um, if there's an opportunity maybe where it's a, you know, 38 to seven game and there's two possessions left. Yeah. You, you put them out there, give them some experience against an SEC team. But th- this stuff about the, the, the plan to red shirt Lenore Sellers, that, that probably went out the window with how well he played last week. Um, I, I, I've already mentioned that I think he should be QB two. I think a few of us thought that this fall when, you know, we were getting camp until that he was killing it out there and, Man, his first action as a collegian last week really made a lot of folks excited, rightfully so. Yeah, he. I, I could envision a scenario where he would play if the if if you look up in the fourth quarter and it's a tight game, uh, but but they just happen to put him in there for a series or two here and there because he adds something different to what they're trying to achieve. And as we've learned now in a game type setting. You're not putting him in there at the expense of being able to throw the football. It's not like that change of pace where, well, this guy's a runner, uh, but he doesn't throw it that well. So you're, that's not happening. You could put him in the game, and he's still going to be pretty accurate. The, the key is uh, that secondary with George is pretty good, and uh, and I'm not sure that he's quite up to speed yet on being able to read what those guys can and can't do. But you know, we'll, we'll certainly find out. Yeah, there, there, there's not going to be guys running free against this Georgia secondary. Um, I'd be shocked if it were, you know? that's for sure. Yeah. I think, look, hey, man, hey, let's be honest. I, I really hope that Nick is healthy and that he can go um, because if he's, like, truly healthy and he can play and he can play free and play fast, these two secondaries together combined are are really good, actually. there's I, I Everybody in Georgia's and, and, quite frankly, everybody in South Carolina's probably is going to get a crack in the NFL, uh, the, the starters. All, all of them. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope they're all, they're all healthy and we can see that. Brad, do do want to um, bounce around with you, though, a couple other games before we get you out of here. I, I, I actually find it, uh, you know, as an interesting day uh, in the SEC, and you, clearly this game's at 3.30 right in the middle of the day, but look, LSU is only a nine-and-a-half point favorite on the road at Mississippi State. This is a different style offense, clearly. I saw your tweet this morning about, Will Rogers, how close he is to the SEC passing record? We all thought that was probably a foregone conclusion, but maybe it's not. I'll let you elaborate on that. You got Kansas State at Missouri. Well, why does that game matter? Well, at the end of the day, I guess it doesn't really matter in our neck of the woods. But the fact that the SEC is only three and six versus Power Five opponents is a pretty shoddy record at this point in time, and uh, that would be a nice win for the Tigers with the fifteenth ranked um, uh, Cats coming to town. That game's at noon. 
And then you've got, of course, Tennessee and Florida. The Vols are only six-and-a-half-point favorites there. Florida's really trying to get their season on track. They can certainly do that with a win. And then a little bit later on that night, uh, you've got BYU visiting Arkansas as well. And, and the Razorbacks are eight-point favorites. Both teams are 2-0. and oh, uh, But that's a challenge at 7.30 on ESPN2. So um, I know you know the schedule. Give us your thoughts and the things that stand out on it. Yeah, first off, better shot BYU upsets Arkansas outright than I think Mississippi State beats LSU at home. Only because last week at um, LSU, they, they moved Harold Perkins to inside linebacker, and then last week they let him, you know, pin his ears back a little bit and get back to the Harold Perkins we know. I think that's going to cause Mississippi State some problems. And that they got a pro-style offense now. You know, they're, they're not running the air raid. So where, where they beat um, LSU in Baton Rouge two years ago, you know, they had a quarterback throw it, you know, 55 times, and Will Rogers isn't, isn't doing that anymore. So that'll kind of be a low score, and I think line scrimmage type game. But yeah, I mean, getting back to the SEC three and six so far against Power Five non conference, I, I did pick Texas over Bama in July. I did pick Florida State over LSU. I still think Georgia's a 12 and 0 regular season team, and, and Georgia actually was supposed to play Oklahoma this year, which who knows what happened in, in, in that game. Oh, oh you might have you know, beat them in, in Norman. So uh, SEC has had its feelings hurt a little bit. Personally, I didn't want to see two SEC teams back in the Final Four anyway. I like seeing some parity. Um, but I do think the SEC champion is going to get there, and it'll it'll likely be Georgia. But, yeah, Bama, Bama right now is a situation where the offensive line isn't near as good as what all the preseason magazines told us it would be. Couldn't end up with Texas, Florida State, Michigan, and Notre Dame. That'd be fun. Or Southern, or take take uh, Michigan out and put Southern Cal in. Of course, it's going to be tough, I think, for Southern Cal and Notre Dame to make it because they play each other. But uh, Notre yeah. Dame wins all their games; they're going. I mean, it's that's not an easy schedule that they have, um, and so that's going to be interesting. So it could be like a bunch of blasts from the past this year, Brad. Yeah, Florida, Florida State, and Texas. I think I don't. I don't want to call them locks right now, but. Man, it's pretty close. I mean, FSU is clearly the ACC's best team, and Texas, you know, they're going to be at least a touchdown favorite here on out every game. Brad, in the in the ACC, there's a couple of couple of interesting. It's it's really interesting slate overall in the ACC, quite frankly, um, because you've got Friday night. Virginia is at Maryland. Of course, that's a non-conference game. Virginia is awful. Uh, Maryland is 2-0, looking to go 3-0. Florida State visits Boston College. Louisville has kind of a strange tilt at Indiana. Uh, you've got, and I'm, I'm circling this one. I want you to talk about this one. Minnesota at North Carolina. It's a really weird game at 3.30 on ESPN. Opposite, of course, South Carolina and uh, Georgia. That one's at Keenan in Chapel Hill. you got the Brain Bowl at 3.30 on the ACC Network with Northwestern and 2-0 Duke. And they're big favorites in that one. Virginia Tech is at Rutgers, kind of a kind of a strange ball game as well. Georgia Tech is probably going to get thumped at Ole Miss. Syracuse on the road at Purdue, uh, and then you've got this one, which I like. I mean, you don't just walk into Milan Pus- Pusker Stadium at least without a lighter and some gasoline and win on Saturday night. We all know they like to burn old furniture up there, but Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Uh, so that one in Minnesota, North Carolina, it's kind of strange to, to circle those two as the standout ACC games, but I think they are. I think so, too. And so far, Drake May has, you know, UNC's 2-0, but he's out of the Heisman race. I think his odds are like plus 2,100 right now. And unless, 
UNC stays unbeaten and, you know, he gets back to the ACC championship game and starts throwing the ball. I mean, last week, Amarion Hampton had like 245 on the ground for UNC. He's got five touchdowns. He's He's been their best player through two weeks. Nobody would have projected that. So UNC has now has that run geared, you know, run run heavy balanced offense that, that Chip Lindsey runs. I think it'll be interesting Saturday against Minnesota because Minnesota, P.J. Fleck has a defense that travels. And that that could be a certainly a losable game for the Tar Heels. I think the line is like six points now, so um, odds makers agree. And then you look at Pitt, West Virginia. That's probably a must win for Neil Brown. He's he's on one of the nation's hottest seats. Um, he's had cycled through transfer quarterbacks that have not worked out there. So that that's that's a game. And and then Pitt's one and one lost to Cincinnati last week. Cincinnati's probably going to finish five and seven. Um, that was a bad loss. So the the ACC right now has some SEC-like issues where the, the mid-tier to bottom is pretty bad, and then there's you know three or four at the top who are pretty good top 25 caliber teams. This is a conversation for the offseason, but I'm going to ask you anyways. What type of job is the West Virginia job in your mind? It's a job where you can occasionally go 9-3 and three based on the schedule, but you're, you're never going to win an out championship there because you're not going to be able to recruit there. I don't think they're top 20 NIL. And then transfer portal, how can you convince somebody to go to West Virginia when there's about, no offense to Mountaineers fans, but there's probably 40 other Power 5 programs that are on a higher prestige-wise than West Virginia right now. I mean, you know, you, you can go 7-5, and 8-4 and four every year, but I don't think you, you can recruit at a level where you're going 11-1 and one and getting in that 12-team playoff. I think they needed to be in the ACC. I, I agree. Think it would be a different conversation. Well, that's what I was going to say is getting out of the Big 12 make it because a, a Big 12. There. Yeah. They're built – they've always kind of been built like a Big 12 team, like offensive-oriented, all that, uh, gambling defense. And, and so there's no differentiation. You put them in the ACC, uh, it's a different ball game. Although I do think <clears> – <throat> I do think there's some teams in the ACC that are dangerous this year. Duke's one of them. Louisville, I think, will be pretty good under Brom. Um, but you know, yeah, I saw a stat. I saw a stat, JC, where where Louisville's offensive line right now, running backs for Louisville are averaging 4.2 yards a carry before contact. So that, that that's one of the best offensive lines in football after two games. But you know, we don't. We'll, we'll we'll see them play a real team soon. Yeah, Georgia Tech, Murray State. You know, I, I thought they were showed a lot of grit coming back against Georgia Tech and putting that away, and then they just blew the doors off Murray State. They don't have Clemson. I don't think they play Clemson this year, so they they avoid them. But they do have Notre Dame coming to Louisville. Notre Dame after they play Ohio State at Duke at Louisville back to back weeks, then Southern Cal comes in. That four game stretch all of a sudden looks really serious for the Irish. Uh, and that, if, if I'm talking too much Notre Dame, it's because my fiance tells me not to, and I'm I'm being rebellious today. I mean, I think even a 11 and one Notre Dame would have a pretty darn good argument to make the playoff hmm. this season ba- based on that schedule. Well, they finally have like a real, true, good quarterback. Um, and yeah. I saw this amazing stat the other day. Something like since he since Sam Hartman's been in college, there've been there's 17 quarterbacks starting in the NFL that played in college football with him or something like that. It's He's an uh, old man. I, that's crazy. They're great right. offensive line, and, and they yeah. have a backfield yeah. that's 
the the backfield's so deep that it chased Logan Diggs to LSU. I mean, that's that's how good the backfield is. Maybe the best and running back in the country in SMA. Yeah, absolutely. Great House is a, a tremendous young receiver too. Um, yeah, they're Gamecocks good. recruited him. Uh, I also, I think he's the best Notre Dame quarterback. No offense to Everett Golson and Deshaun Kaiser, but best since Brady Quinn, I think. I agree. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. And and all their linebackers have real girlfriends, and that always matters uh, in in today's <laughs> world. Brad, um, uh, two and one is Florida State in their last three games in Chestnut Hill. They're big favorites in the game this week. But the last two games, although they won, they got out of there by the skin of their teeth. Any chance that Boston College, 26-point dogs at home, can keep this closer than we think? I think Boston College might cover because it's supposed to pour down rain there Saturday night. Ooh. So that, that that takes the football out of Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell and Jordan Travis. You know, obviously Trey Benson can probably get it 25 times and rush for, you know, 185. But Boston College right now is struggling offensively. Je- Jeff Halfley, former Ohio State assistant, who three years ago when he was hired, everybody was like, man, how'd they get him? And his win percentage is like, you know, 30 right now. So uh, he needs to show some respectable finishes and, I think Saturday night Boston College probably does cover twenty six, but I don't. I don't think Florida State has anything, anything to worry about. All right, let me ask you about one more. Just last year in State College, PA, old or, or not last year, the year before, two years ago, old Illinois just walked in and squeaked out of there, twenty to eighteen. They've got them on Fox yeah. at noon on Saturday in Champaign, Penn State. I think is better than they were two years ago, but they're fourteen and a half point favorites. Are we seeing something sneaky here? Because that uh, it's a forty-eight and a half over/under in that game too. Probably not expecting none of points. I'm, I'm definitely taking Illinois and the points in that game. I don't think Penn State gets upset, but you know it's a it's a classic line where one team looked great last week and then the other team looked bad. Illinois lost at Kansas. Well, Drew Alar is not Jalen Daniels. He doesn't he doesn't move around like Daniels. Penn State's not near as creative offensively as Kansas is. They've got better talent. But if Illinois stops the run, which they're often pretty good at, then that's going to be one of those typical Big Ten 27-20 slobber knocker games. Um, our, our Penn State pub and our Illinois pub, 14 for 14, our Penn State Illinois analysts took Penn State to cover. So you know what that means. Okay. There you go. Somebody's going to win some money if they're just listening to that. If Illinois does win, God bless the guys that want to pick up Brett Bielman and put him on his shoulders because that Oof. would be – That'd be rough. That'd be a rough ride. There's no doubt. We've uh, kept you a little longer today, uh, but man, it was fun. And you're really good at what you do. And uh, we'll continue to keep you in our in our thoughts and prayers with Thank you, with uh, four overall women in the house. And you are at the very, very, very bottom of the totem pole. I know how that feels. I get one more Saturday off, and I'm back to work officially Sunday morning. So, but Enjoy. I'm still over two more months that I'm going to take in the off season. You you better believe it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. (laughs) Thank you all, man. Thanks, Brad. There you go. Brad Crawford, 24-7 Sports. Great stuff. Uh, Make sure you're following him on Twitter as well. All right. uh, We need to step aside. Uh, Producer Phil uh, says we got to go. It's it's time. we got to hit a break. So we will do that when we return our agree or disagree segment. Three, Three statements for JC. Three statements for Mad Dog on National Bald Guy Day, and uh, we will see uh, how 
And, th- and all these statements have to do with the game this weekend. So we'll see who's right and who's wrong and this, that, and the other. We're teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. It's the coolest club in the Carolinas. If you like playing golf and you're not a member, it, I mean, what do you, you need to reevaluate? What are you doing? Why would you not be a member of this amazing club? Anywhere you go between North Carolina and South Carolina, you get to play golf. It's crazy. Travelingcountryclub.com, Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Maine is former golfer at South Carolina. Agree or disagree, up next on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Coach Oya, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
You know, one of the. Uh... Oh, there we go. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I was doing here. One of the yeah. games that we uh, didn't even ask um, Brad Crawford about, and I I mean, I didn't know if one of y'all was going to ask him, but I did it intentionally because the whole country does nothing but talk about it is Colorado. They've got Colorado State. They're going to beat the brakes off Colorado State on Saturday night. They're 23. I think that line opened at 17. It's like 23 now. It went uh, up in a hurry. But um, here's my point. For me, selfishly speaking here, it's at 10 o'clock. And and uh, I, I'm going to really miss them, but my family leaves on Friday to go out of town for a little while. And I had nothing to do Saturday. This is the first Saturday. I don't even know how long. I literally have nothing to do. No responsibilities. So I'm picturing this, Phil. I keep, Capers can't walk. You know, my oldest dog. So I have to carry him outside. So carry him outside around 7. Coffee. Um, college game day. Mississippi State LSU. South Carolina. Tennessee, Florida, Colorado, Colorado State till one in the morning. I'll also have uh, three total TVs going inside and outside. I was going to say, and with the you know the YouTube, you get the quad box, so you know you can get a random sampling of yeah. what's going on at any given moment. I'm gonna watch everything. I've even got, I've got a buddy uh, down the street is going to come. He's a he went to App State, has App State season tickets. Big App State fan, good fan, great guy. And I said, why don't you come over? You know, hey, don't bring your wife and kids because mine aren't going to be here. So I'm not dealing with yours. I mean, you, you're welcome to come over. And um, and he said, oh, I guess I'll do that. And I said, well, you can have one of the TVs for App State in East Carolina. They play at 3.30. And, you know, so this is just going to be amazing. But Colorado, Colorado State's at 10 o'clock. So we'll get a get a chance to actually watch a, a primetime game. I'll but be- So I'm pulling for the Rams just as an FYI. Go Colorado State. I'll be coming off a 12-hour drive over two days. Uh, I'm going to go, I think, hang out with my buddy, Joel. Phil knows to him. Oh, yeah. uh, he's got this rib recipe. Oh. He's been, he's been bragging on a bit. Right. And, and anybody knows Joel knows Joel loves ribs. He's a rib connoisseur. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Me a little dead tired watching the game. Cut, yeah. But, uh, well, that's, that's, my, uh, that's a good idea. That's what I've been thinking about. Like, what am I going to put on the smoker? Like I've already got all the other stuff. Got, we got a couple guys. How about pork tenderloin and jalapeno cheddar sausage? Have you seen the Gary Busey thing where he starts talking about butter sausage? By the way, let's talk about butter. Let's sausage. talk about butter sausage. How about we Dude. talk about butter sausage? Good hey. God, that right, man's man. lost his knocker. Speaking of butter, uh, my neighbor yesterday or two days ago brought us over. Uh, a a whole deal of stone crab legs that he he went out and got, and I'm talking guys. I you can, this doesn't do it justice. We had some, or I said legs, uh, claws, stone crab claws. Mm-hmm. We had some that were this big. I mean, and if to to put that into perspective, I'm talking about the size of like a pork chop. I had never oh, seen. I said, nice. where 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 did you where'd you get them? Because, you know, we, we stone crab from time to time, my cousin and I. He said, well, I can't tell you that. And I was right. like, well, this seems kind of illegal. I mean, this guy, this cat, this cat here, I'm, I'm going to eat him because he's here. But this cat here had to be 50 years old or more. I mean, this big, I had never seen anything like this. 
So, anyways, we dipped it in butter, of course, and you kind of season it up a little bit. Butter, butter makes everything better. Yes. Yeah. Well, correct, Craig. Who get well? The stone crab claws. He, he, you don't understand how many he had. Like, he could have fed half the neighborhood if he wanted to. And he kind of did, but I did more. See, so. man, we used to do that. Like when I was a kid, we'd get a, a beach house down in Garden City. You know, you know, you know, the family vacation where grandma and aunts and uncles and everybody they all go oh, yeah. to the house and stay a week. My dad and mom would go back in Merle's Inlet. They go crabbing when they put the trap down. You put a put a, a rotten chicken, yep. in, oh, yeah. in, the, like, in the cage. And then, yeah, then you come back and it's full of crab. Yeah, and it's uh, <laughs> delicious. That's what you probably saw my traps over there at Robbie's house when you were down here. We leave them out there and just that drop makes them. Me want to, that makes me want to go back bad. Well, come on out, man. You know where we are. I mean, like, per, like, like, oh, like, 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 how's your cousin has Robbie? Oh, yeah. I'll move there tomorrow when I win the lottery. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, I got it's my, I, my buddy. I'm not the most outdoorsy person in the world, but I'll put a dang crab trap out. I like to eat. <laughs> I'll get out there in my little John boat. And like, a, like a, when I get old, that's what I want to do. I'm going to go, 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 and get up and go crabbing today. Gamecock. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When, when I get to the point where I'm just grunting hey. <laughs> instead of communicating, uh, that's, that's where I'll be <laughs> crabbing and sunning myself. Because I don't think I'll ever get good enough at golf to where I can play without being a complete embarrassment. So maybe Speaking crabbing way. is in my future. I am. Uh, I think it's one week from today. We'll be playing in the uh, the Letterman Association tournament. So I'm looking forward is to that. that. Soon, that's soon. That's one, coming it's up the soon. day before the Florida game. I probably will be off the air that day since I'm playing. So I thought Florida was the fourteenth. Yeah. So one yeah. month from today. You said one week. One month, or did I hear? Oh, week? one month. One I month. think I said one month. No, you said. I one. don't. You said. I week. said a week. I think so. I didn't mean a week. You confused my brain, JB. I'm like, am I? If I'm, yeah, one month. Time warp again? One month. No. Yeah. <laughs> one month. It's been. Maybe we'll do a hit from the golf tournament. Um, you know, whoever, whoever we end up pulling no. out our team with. I know Wingo's playing. All right. Uh, agree or disagree? Agree or disagree? It's the quickly, widely spreading uh, phenomenon. This fantastic segment we do on Wednesdays with Mad Dog and Schubert here on Inside the Gamecocks, this show. And Meredith, there she is. Meredith's the reason we'll win the thing. Unless DeMarco beats us. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. All right, JC, we'll start with you. South Carolina's starting offensive line last week. Uh, left to right, Sidney Fugar, Nick Gargiulo, Vershawn Lee, Ja'Kai Moore at right guard, and Wanamaker got the start out at tackle. We all know that they played a bunch of guys, most notably at tackle, two freshmen, Tro and Tree. Tro and Tree, it's a nice ring to it. Bold statement here, agree or disagree, it will be the same starting five this week. No. Mm. But and let me let me clarify. Hold on, let me clarify here. The same names; they don't have to necessarily be in the same positions. The same five names. Still a no. Hold okay. On, no. All right. Hold on, no. No. All right. Let's Let's see. See. There, there could be a surprise. Now I may be wrong about that. But well, you, well, you, my you little birdie, as Keith likes to say on his podcast, this little birdie told me something. Yeah, you know, you know, talking about fellow Domer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. 
You're not even talking about anything. Uh, he was, for 72 hours. Have you? He was mad that we didn't mention him, by the way, in the chat box. Hey! Sorry. That's, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on, Keith. Just um, but, um, all right, so you disagree, all right? So we will find out if there is a change. You will go on to the bulletin board of whomever that is. All right, Phil? Agree or disagree, Lenora Sellers will play Saturday. Oh, gosh. I'm kind of inclined to think like Brad at this point. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. You agree. Because I, I could foresee him coming in in a very short yardage situation to run a sneak. Tell you what, we're going to. It's just gonna... so long, you know. Yeah, I think so. You agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, Over under one. I'll we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna break protocol here. This is it's my game, so I can pretty much do whatever I want. But um I'm gonna break protocol protocol and I'm gonna allow JC because I know he probably wants to just throw in some little nugget with this one. I'm gonna allow JC to also agree or disagree with your statement, Mad Dog. Lenore Sellers will play Saturday, JC. Disagree. Okay, you are headed to the Lenora Sellers. And, and I, 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 think, I think Spencer's going to play really well, and it's going to be a close game. I do, too. Okay. I don't think right. I'm in, in any sort of replacement capacity. I want to be very clear about that. I think it'll be spot, yeah, one specific spot package duty play. Like that sounds great to me, right? But man, what if what if you run him up in there and he, he gets hurt hurts his knee? I mean, and then he's got rehab and then, then where are you sitting at this point next year? I, I mean, I, well, I don't I mean, sometimes you, you up in those pot do the worst place on earth outside of a Russian gulag or a North Korean workers camp is the bottom of a football pile. Right. I mean, there are, there are genitalia being grabbed. There's twisting of knees and ankles. I just, I don't know, man, that uh, Lenora Sellers is a, st- he's a, he's like a, a prize. But yeah. You, you almost want to bubble fighter. wrap him at this yeah, point, you, right? I, yeah. I, yeah. So I, so I don't know. <laughs> and you got a guy in to carry on that. If you direct snap it to him, he's perfectly capable of squirting through for those yards. But uh, I don't know. Now, would I put him in there and have him run around the edge? Hell yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> because they're not, they may not account for him, and he's gone. If, if that dude gets I – don't, people don't understand. That dude gets in the open field, he runs a 4 4 4 40. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Yeah. He's Goodbye. Quick, quick. quick. At yeah. 240 pounds. Yep. Oh yeah. So but so when I run, so I'm, I, I made right. He's gonna yeah. keep his damn eyes down the field too. <laughs> With those glasses, I, he's got he's got he's got a little AI in those glasses. I bet he sees like Terminator. Like <laughs> you've done enough magic here glasses. The last couple glasses. of minutes to get you off of the bulletin board of Lenore Seller. So we'll pass yeah, we'll that message on him. You're yeah. you're actually a fan. All right, we got to hit our final timeout. When we return, uh, we will finish. Agree or disagree? Four statements left here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. 
So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. disagree here on inside the game cox's show and then we will wrap ourselves up and head off on this wednesday back to jc jc someone other than to carry on joiner will get the bulk of the carries on saturday agreed it'll be spencer rattler mm. All right. I, think, I think they're going to throw to it the 60 times and uh and rattler will have 11 official carries not all well, of them will be rushes, but they'll they'll be attempts in the score in the scorebook. All right, that leads me right into Mad Dog 
Spencer Rattler will throw over 45 passes versus Georgia. 45. Over. 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 All right, you agree. Yeah, agree, agree. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Agree. I forgot how this game works. Yes. Agree. Yeah, yeah. No, agree. <laughs> so you th- right. Well, it change, changes the rules. On I, I forgot that. Like, yeah. like, like, all right. So you can't, it's like hungry, hungry hippos. You uh, you change it in the middle. Like, we're not going to use marbles this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how the hell are you going to play hungry, hungry hippos? It's the least amount that wins, not the most. <laughs> JC, out of curiosity, what do you think, though, uh, from a running back standpoint, Joyner will get the bulk of the carries, or he'll get the most of those in that room still? It just kind of, it kind of depends on how the game goes. I mean, Carolina goes down there and gets blown out. I They'll probably empty the, empty the bench and let DJ and Mario go run it, and which will set it up for even more controversy or, or debate. Uh, between the two, I think Mario will probably, I, I think they probably say he, he earned some carries. Yeah, he week. did. And so, I, you know, he's going to carry the ball. Morning. I don't think it's the, the whole, the whole way though. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think you're still going to see to carry on as the featured running back. And I, I, if I were them, it's not to carry on. I'd probably cut into, I'd probably like just say, okay, Juju, we're going to use, we, we need to. You got to get him in space. Got to get to get set him up for success. You know, yeah, you got to get him in space. No um, and, and, and look, Dallalagas doesn't do that nearly as much as Marcus Satterfield. I mean, he'll he'll try, and then you'll see him, you'll see him move on to something else. I mean, last year, good lord, sitting there in the third quarter against Florida, it's third and four, and they run Juju of the middle, something like that. You don't see that kind of stuff, but I still, I think with this line, it's just hard for him to get going. I mean. It's easy to kind of be intrigued by it because I've seen uh, he ran a big 80-yard touchdown in a scrimmage two years ago going right up the middle. And he made a guy, made a linebacker miss. He had no open space. So you're, I think as a play caller, you're probably intrigued by that. What if he gets past the first level? It's probably going to be a pretty big game. But he just doesn't have enough room to run. And he takes so he takes shots. And the more shots he takes, it's just like drinking. The more shots you take – the slower you are, you know, and so you got to kind of keep him in space uh, a little bit to make him uh, as effective as he can be. So I, I, I think maybe, maybe, maybe instead of going, all right, like just running your regular offense and going DK uh, Juju, maybe you go DK and then two A is Mario, two B is Juju with certain situations. JC Georgia will rush for over two hundred yards. I'm going to say nay. I'm going to say I disagree. GC disagrees. All right. Coming off of Clayton White's board of hate. All right. I think I'm about 185. Well, um, <laughs> look, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, it's the, the last 10 years they've averaged 242 against this defense. But two of the last four years they've been under 100, not by much, but they are 200, 200, not by much. They have 184, 173. And finally, Phil. Agree or disagree, South Carolina will force two or more turnovers. Agree. Oh, all right. Phil, back more, in the game. I, I think, yeah, yeah. This is this is a two or three turnover game, I think. Uh, okay. Specifically because it's the level of competition them? for Georgia is bigger this week than it has been all year. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to turn the tide and the game cops are going to, you know, win by 30, but I, I believe they can definitely create some turnovers. 
Who gets them, Phil? Who gets them? Come on, give us some names. Come on, man. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Mike Bobo's hubris and say that uh, <laughs> Dial's gonna get at least one. Okay, all right, <laughs> Marcellus. Marcellus, yep. he's in your corner. Okay, and yep. uh, I like the Stone Blant. I was thinking about a linebacker anyway. Stone, stone Blant is the one. I think Stone Blant right. grabbed one too. Let's go. Let's go. Fantastic. Okay, good news. Debo, O'Donnell, Kilgore, Strawn. Let's <laughs> see here. Uh, Mad Dog does not believe in you. It's going up on your bulletin board. He only believes in Stone Blanton and Marcellus Dial. No, but I think one of those secondary guys all. you just mentioned actually gets a sack in this game. Well, let's hope they get about nine sacks in this game. They well, need to catch up to the number that they gave up in game one. It's I'll go game. with Nick Evan Warren. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm anticipating him playing, so hopefully he does. I think you're going to see him play. I do. I do think. Yeah, I think he him. plays. Juice is going to play too. I mean, he played 30 snaps last week. You don't play him 30 snaps in the Furman game if he's not going to continue to get more. So he, uh, he'll be yeah. out there. We'll see. Quant- Quantrell, I'll read that article because we're out of time, and we'll kind of we'll kick it around tomorrow. We'll kick it around at some point in time tomorrow. Tomorrow we are pretty jammed up around here too. It's very Mike has uh, got uh, the Fab Five with Mike tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Yeah, now we got a uh, new partnership on the Fab Five, by the way. I don't know if y'all let him. We'll let let him elaborate on that. I was not aware of that. I just got it in my email this morning. I was not aware of it. Hey, y'all get out to Britain's. Go see Perry. I'll have my stuff on Friday. Me too. Me too. Speaking of partnerships. Shout yeah, out we to love Perry. Somebody saw my shirt at Daddy Daughter Night last Friday night. He's like, dude, where'd you get that? I've been asked the same. I'm like, well, I, I've custom made it. No. <laughs> they are yep. custom designed. They so are. I sent, it. I sent them up there. This is where you go. This is where you got to go. All right, I thanks to when I ran into Jan this weekend, by the way. I haven't mentioned yeah. that this week. Ran into Jan at the game. That was awesome. Literally, you ran right into him. You walked smack into him. Nothing better than running into Jan, man. That's <laughs> I don't right. know. He's, no, a, he's a pretty big it's guy. I don't, I don't know that I want to ru- actually run into him. Nah, Jan's, Jan's fun. It's fun. Thanks to Jordan Davis Hill. Jordan Hill from the from Dogs 24-7. And thanks to Brad Crawford from 24-7 Sports. Great stuff as always. Uh, I just mentioned it. Perry, Chris, and Mike tomorrow. We're built by the Barndo Co. and served by Chicken Cock. Whiskey, get some before the game day weekend that will be here before you know it. You can find it in the Chief Sports app. For Phil and JC, I'm JC. See you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.